Welcome to Face Off with Callie and Tristan. And today we've got a great show, but first we want to introduce what Face Off is. It's our very first episode. We're so excited. Um, it's a debate style show uh, in which we debate two similar artists of any, any genre um, or just any similarity of any way. And we will choose four songs by each artist and provide an argument on why we think they should win or why they're better. And at the end, you get to decide who wins by taking a poll on our social media. Yeah. So you can follow us at Face Off Chicago at literally anywhere, like anywhere on the internet that has, that you can find Face Off Chicago, Twitter, Instagram, not Tumblr. We've got it all. That's out of date. Now, this is a special episode because... We are, you know, the haters would would like to say Face Off died with the coronavirus, <laughs> you know, but we're here making remote podcasting work. We're gonna we're gonna feed the audience, you know, give them what they what they need. They don't know they need it, but they don't know they need it yet. We're gonna give it to them. Yeah, you know? and, and the so haters, the haters gonna hate. Actually, we yeah. we I don't think we have any haters yet, Tristan. No, we don't have no. We we have just one pretending. one person who listened to the show that I know for sure, which was my mom. But we're gonna try and increase that audience count. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna definitely try to get up there. Um, so this is the point where we would announce the winner of last week. So as we put polls on our social media, we'll kind of announce who wins from the week before. Um, yeah. Oh, this is the first show, so there's none this week. Um, yeah, but make sure to rate us on iTunes. Yes. Um, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, do that. Um, like five star (laughs) review and like actually write a review. It like helps us stand out and we don't want to make a podcast where no one's listening because that's lame. You know, we wouldn't actually have listeners. And so the more reviews, the more people that can find the show. So, I can just yeah, imagine us it. like both on Zoom, like just talking into the void, like yeah. no one's listening. <laughs> hello, but, <laughs> hello, hello. So, okay, let's move on to our show. Yeah. Which the artists are? I'm arguing for Migos. And I'm arguing for Ray Shremmerd. So let's see what we can come up with. These are two hip-hop groups, or I should say hip-hop southern groups, because... Yeah, from Atlanta. Well, isn't Ray Shumard from Mississippi? Yeah. But um, basically out of the Atlanta... Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Migos came out of the the Atlanta scene. Shout out Gucci Mane and others. Shout out (laughs) Future. Childish Gambino. Yeah. Um, So... I'm going to go ahead and start with Migos. I'll give a little background about what they're all about. So there's three members, Offset, Quavo, and Takeoff, who are all related. They grew up together and first started making music in 2009. And their first name was Polo Club. So, (laughs) yeah, that would have been interesting if they kept that name. And then in 2010, they released... Um, a mixtape with the name Migos. So 
Migos, as we all know, stands for amigos, the Spanish word for friends. Right. Um, which is interesting because they're actually all related. They're all family members. Um, <laughs> so Quavo and Offset are cousins, and then Takeoff is Quavo's nephew. Okay. And they were all raised by Takeoff's mother. Um, so, but also, Migos can also mean an abandoned house in which people sell drugs out of. Oh, in Spanish? Um, no, just like an Americanized version of the word amigos. So I thought that was interesting because they do rap about kind of, you know, where they grew up and like what they surrounded themselves with growing up. So, um, Mm. so that's interesting. Just a little background. In in 2012, they released the mixtape No Label. um, And this is where they got found by the producer Zaytoven and Kevin Lee. Um, And his name is Coach K and he's actually their manager now who, and he also worked with Gucci Mane and uh, Young Jeezy, I think. So um, they, (laughs) Migos has like a mile long mixtape catalog. They have so many mixtapes. I think it's like 12. Yeah. They have like 12. Um, which is way more than like their Atlanta predecessors, but they have two studio albums and one EP also. So the first song I'm going to talk about is called Fight Night. Now, this is when I first started to know about Migos and it really um, came on my radar. It started playing on the radio and I just like, it was so hype. Like I cannot even, <laughs> I cannot even put into words how hype Fight Night was. Um, and this song uh, came from the the album No Label Two in 2014, and it I think this song really proved their lyrical ability and uh, dexterity lyrically um, because it, for the first time they kind of had these like really I don't know it's not for the first time but their lyrics were really awesome and I think it springboarded how famous this song got and the chorus is just so catchy um it was a joke for a while that they could turn anything into a hook so like I'll talk about later like Versace and like Hannah Montana those songs are they literally just pulled out of nowhere and they became such big hits. Um, But one lyric that I want to pick out from this song, Fight Night, is called, or not called, is float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, rumble, young boy, rumble. When you hear that line, it just, it hits so different. Um, (laughs) So lyrically, this song is really witty. Um, It's very brain sticking. So without... Further ado, I'll go ahead and play Fight Night. If you know me, know this ain't my first way. Certified everywhere, ain't got a print or resume. Take off. Talk crazy, I'll pull up underlay. RP to Nate, dog. I had to regulate. Wait, who I'm trying to beat that? <laughs> Public service announcement. Where my red niggas at, man? Where my red shit, man? Me go! Bro, niggas stand to the 
My rich nigga stand to the right. Take it, take it, take it. Lil' mama, she keep looking at me. I'ma knock the pussy out like fight night. Hit it with a left, hit it with a right. I'ma knock the pussy out like fight night. So what'd you think? How do you like that oh, song, Tristan? That's a good song. I listened to the songs beforehand, and that's definitely one of the songs that I enjoyed more. Um, but the later songs that you bring uh, are... Don't talk to how me. Can, how can I say... How do I say this? <laughs> uh, trash is a that good word? That is not yeah. correct. That it's is just, completely not correct. How could you come for Migos like that? You know, okay, so... He, I liked this song. It's a good song, but their hooks generally are are not good. They're like you know when we get to Versace, it's just Versace, 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 Versace. What? What? Okay. Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. (laughs) Hannah Montana. What? I'll get into that later. But there are some aspects of those songs that are like. You, it's kind of hard to pinpoint what makes those songs great. And I think that's why a lot of people are hesitant to like them is because they're like, oh, all they come up with is Versace, Versace, Versace. But I'll get into their style and like what they're good at and you'll realize that they actually mm. do have talent and it's not just a No, I'm sure they have talent. I know. Mesh. It's just like when you compare them to Ray Schremmerd, don't even, don't even, don't even, don't even, that's the point Migos of the show. Is like, you're like pretending like Migos is lo- like not on the level that Ray Shremmerd is, but actually Migos is probably more famous than Ray Shremmerd. They're definitely, so. they're definitely more <laughs> successful than, than Ray Shremmerd. Um, so I'll, I'll just get, I'll get right, right into it. So Ray Shremmerd is a duo. They were born in California uh, they're brothers, and they eventually moved to Mississippi, and that's where they've been for most of their life. And they moved to Atlanta once, uh, like in their late teens, and because they had met some producers uh, from, like from Michael Madit's crew, and this was before the Ear Drummers label, which is what they're signed to. And basically, these these guys are like music. I wouldn't say prodigies, but like musically inclined from a very young age. Um, Sway Lee, whose real name is Khalif and uh, Slim Jimmy's name is Akil. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce them. Uh, they started producing music at the age of 10. Like they started learning Fruity Loops, which is now FL Studio, um, and producing music. And it's really interesting to read about their background and kind of like the hardships that they went through and, you know, dealing with their stepfather who, you know, sold drugs to support the family. And then eventually they were kicked out of their home at like in their late teens. And they had to start like squatting in abandoned homes in Mississippi. And they would start making music that kind of blew up, uh, in their local town of Tupelo, uh, Mississippi. And it's really interesting. And they would, hold like parties every weekend like huge parties and kind of test out their music um and you can still find their music on youtube and they were called dem out of state boys so (laughs) and and i think sway lee 
uh, or no, 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 Slim Jimmy was called like Cali Kid or something like that. It, oh, it's like that's my it's, new nickname, <laughs> Cali Kid. It's so <laughs> funny hearing like these corny names that that rappers had before, you know. Um, and, but they got recognized um, and made connections with um, a bunch of producers who knew Michael made it, so they ended up going to Atlanta, and they they went back to Mississippi for a little bit. Um, and like worked normal jobs, but they were encouraged to go back to Atlanta um, and pursue their music career. So that's what they did. And they were signed to Eardrummers. And not a lot of people know that Ray Shremmerd is Eardrummers backwards. Um, and so Eardrummers is obviously Michael Maidit's uh, label to which they're signed to. Michael Maidit is an amazing producer. Um, has worked with tons and tons of artists. So they came right off the bat with a huge hit, No Flex Zone. Now, this Ray Shremmerd and Childish Gambino were my introductions to rap music. Um, and I remember No Flex Zone, the music video dropping, and it was recommended to me on YouTube. And it was like a suggested video and it had like less than a million views. It was like posted like the same day and I checked it out and I was like, so intrigued. Like this was like a little kid who had never even heard rap music was listening to no flag zone. And I was just like, so just like obsessed with the video. And I watched the music video over and over again because it's just so catchy. And, uh, and so I was just like obsessed with their music. And then a month later, they came out with No Type. Uh, and they also had a song called We, which is a little bit more rough around the edges, but it's like low-key fire the more you listen to it. Um, and then they came out with Shrem Life uh, 1 in 2015. So basically, this first album eventually went platinum, and it's an awesome introduction to their music. And... At first, I remember all the comments on the No Flex Zone music video being like a negative, like I can't stand their high voices, the high pitches of their voices. Because at the yeah, time, they like you kind of sound like little kids. <laughs> yeah, well, especially in No Flex, No Flex Zone, because you know they're not really adult yet, and eventually their voices do get a little more mature. But I th I think that that's like a huge part of their appeal is the fact that they use such dynamic vocal ranges and that's a huge part of the problem for me with migos is that it's Wrong. so static and one note you have it's like not every song heard their ad libs the then oh my gosh you have not splash. heard their ad libs they say splash in every two songs are you get creative it's like no their oh, ad libs are so much different than that they have like millions anyways so you know, now it's like a huge trend for rappers to use this like high pitched voice and like the almost sort of falsetto. And it's like really lit whenever you hear, you know, like Future does it now. Um, like Young Thug is a huge part of why that become popular. Lil Wayne. Um, so I'm not saying Ray Shremmer invented that trend, but they were definitely at the forward uh, at the start of that trend using kind of falsettos and then you listen to a song like swang which i'll get into and that's basically like sway lee is just like dunking on all of the haters just like so what 
I, I have a falsetto. Like, I can sing. And you know what? He really can sing because I saw him in concert. And I'll show the video to that. I'll probably put it on, on the social media where he came into my section uh, during the Childish Gambino concert. And he can really sing. Sway Lee can. And <laughs> I tell you what, their energy is just, like, so good. And and also, like, their hooks. Like, their hook game is so good. And it, I'll I'll save more for later, but that's where I'm going to start. So the first song I'm going to play is No Flex Zone. Mike Wilman. Mike Wilman. Hey. Hey. No Flex Zone. Hey. No Flex Zone. Hey. Hey. They know. great production quality especially on that song yeah that's the thing that's because you know they worked with michael made it and they had access to like all these amazing producers right off the bat that can make their production quality really good because if you listen to their early music it's not good <laughs> and speaking of production quality um migos definitely evolved over the years from 2013 to around 2018. Um, so in five years, they, they evolved pretty like, you know, there was a, there was a big evolution. Um, the next song I'm going to play is called Narcos from Culture 2. So fast forward from Fight Night four years um, to 2018. So for the longest time, their formula would include, you know, Quavo verse, takeoff verse, then offset verse with a hook in between. You see that with Versace, with Hannah Montana, Pipe It Up. Um, they definitely uh, produce that formula just over and over. But that formula works. People got so Apparently. hype over that formula and they they really took the idea of a rap collaboration um, and made it the best possible they could. They each brought a different, um, you know, a different style, um, but I want to highlight Culture 2 because Culture 2... Um, is definitely very different. It still has their, a lot of aspects of the quintessential like 2014 sound from, uh, you know, Versace and Hannah Montana with like the rapid fire, stuttering, flamboyant trap talk. And also I wanna mention how lyrically inclined they are if you look at their lyrics and the amount of pop culture references that are in those lyrics, I just, I can't. So, <laughs> so 
Culture 2, the formula changed a lot because Quavo kind of took over. Um, He was definitely the head honcho of the group. Um, Quavo honcho, you know. You get it. So so he, he was kind of that the was, melodic bass. That was bad. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, Huncho Jack. So he kind of took over as the melodic, m- melodic bass and lead of the group. Um, even though Offset and Takeoff are just as capable. But one <laughs> verse I want to say is Offset's... Uh, verse in this song is so cool um it's skip to my loo with a pack in the cat jiffy lube where the bricks where they at dripping ooze the patak all wet birds in the trap they ain't leaving out the nest so this is a triplet um flow it's i'll go into it later on what um this is kind of their bread and butter is the triplet flow but That line is so cool. And it's an example of how many pop culture references they can fit into one line. It's just, it's insane. Um, Actually, the triplet flow is otherwise known as the Migos flow because they made their triplets super catchy. And, you know, it's kind of their thing. They, I don't know a song that doesn't have triplets in it from Migos. And so what a triplet is, is it occurs when you divide one beat into three notes. So triple lit, triple lit, triple lit, instead of on beat, like triple lit. Um, so you can hear it in Versace, 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 and a lot of their songs. And so the timing of the triplets can have a huge effect on the entire mood of a song. It, it, it's mostly used to rev up a song instantaneously. <laughs> Quavo actually leveraged this song, Narcos, into <laughs> an actual appearance on the show Narcos, which is really cool. <laughs> no way. And That's awesome. the reason why I chose this song is because it stands out from the rest on this album with the Latin guitar strumming. I think it's really cool. And it just gives it this, uh, I don't know, it gives us this different vibe from the other the other songs that are kind of more um, upbeat, quick. Um, so, yeah, Narcos is definitely one of my favorite songs on Culture 2. So I'll go ahead and play it. Trapping like the narco, narco. Got dope like Pablo. Pablo. Cut dope like Pablo. Cut dope. Chop trees with the Draco. Draco. On the north got Diego. Diego. Say I still a wego. We'll be in rapping kilo. Yeah. Snub nose with potato. Straight out the jungle. Yeah, 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 yeah. This real rap no mumbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. My skin black like mumbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got stash spots in Honda. So <laughs> if you heard one of their ad-libs, Mama, yeah. that one is um, 
very famous um, yeah. in the yeah. in the Migos <laughs> fan world. It actually in the came Migos about. Lore. <laughs> yeah, it actually came <laughs> about in the next song I'm gonna play is 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 the first time they ever used that ad lib. So, mm. but okay. I'll let you get on to Ray Shimmerd. So, you know, I have no disrespect or no, I have no hate against Migos because. Okay, why are you? They, I'm 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 not listening to you. <laughs> Don't come for me. No. I'm coming with a genuine statement here. Okay, I have no okay. hate against Migos because they appeared in uh, Donald Glover's show Atlanta and they have a really uh, funny cameo. Uh, highly <gasps> recommend. I think it's one of the first episodes. Yo, what? oh my gosh. Look at the James Corden um, carpool karaoke with Migos. With Migos? It is I so think I've seen funny. That. <laughs> <laughs> It is so funny. I think it's this meme like was went viral. I think it was of Quavo who was just like, what is going on? Like not <laughs> there for it. So, okay. Sorry. Um, That's awesome. You can yeah. So they were, ahead. they were on Atlanta and um, yeah. So I, I have no hate for them, but to me, their music is good in a club setting but I just am not a fan of it when I'm just like listening to music on a regular basis normally. Um, okay. Because it's not as dynamic as I want it to be. I like that song because, you know, the guitar is nice and their their triplet fo- flows are really good. Um, but I just feel like compared to, um, to Ray Shremmer, they don't have the range that Ray Shremmerd has. And even between Slim Jimmy and Sway Lee, the the difference between their two vocal styles is insane. And people often discredit Slim Jimmy, you know, if if they're not as familiar with Ray Shremmerd, because most people know Sway Lee. And obviously Sway Lee is the most uh familiar with the music industry. And he obviously has been on tons and tons of hooks of insanely popular songs. So he really is like a melody machine in that respect. But Slim Jimmy off, you know, it's not Ray Shremmerd without the two of them. And the next song uh, I'm going to play is this could be us. And I, I, and it's also off of Shrem life one. And really this whole album is just full of really, really good songs, just like really good pop rap anthems. This one's kind of like, like a stoner anthem, you know, let's just live our lives and party. You know, it's such a good song. It's so catchy. So this is, this could be us. So back to what I was saying This could be us when she playing
so that was the this could be us by Ray Schremmerd. Um, I definitely think they have more of the the pop rap down, and that's you know that's how they roll. But I think Migos lyrically and in terms of being strictly, you know, just in rap terms is better. I think uh, you know Quavo is a great rapper. He can probably do a lot better than than Ray Shremmerd in term if they were to have a rap battle, I guess if I was going to say. So that's just my I opinion. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um Ray Shremmerd definitely does um in terms of they embody like the pop the pop rap. However, I think Migos does a really good job in incorporating pop into their songs in their lyrics. Um, so I think it's it's definitely a taste difference, um, but you can't deny that Migos goes hard in the club. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so, okay, so the next song I'm going to play by Migos is called T-Shirt. This came from okay. Culture, the first album, in 2017. So... This album is very important because it has Bad and Bougie on it. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> I remember Culture coming out and I really didn't know who Migos was at the time. Like I had heard Spray the Champagne and like early, like Fight Night. I had heard them, but I didn't know Migos, like who they were. Right. And I remember Bad and Bougie coming on and I have a specific memory of working at this terrible job that I had in high school and this kid, it was like a retail store, and this kid was walking around, and it had just come out. And I think it was when it, Bad and Bougie was a single, so before Culture One came out. And this kid was just blasting Bad and Bougie, mm-hmm. and I just, and he was like five years old. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how I was really introduced to Migos was through that. Experience. Yeah, I think a lot of people were blasting Bad and Bougie. It was definitely the defining achievement in their career and boosted them to the level that they're on now. So Bad and Bougie was number one on the billboard. It was on the charts for 36 weeks. You can't deny this song. And actually a lot of people wonder why this song was so like popular. And I do too in some points because I think that a lot of their other songs were also really good. But I definitely want to tribute Lil Uzi for like the the hook and everything and yeah um it's really good but I wanted to play t-shirt because a lot of people think that t-shirt is just as good as bad and bougie on the album and um they actually like this song more and they think bad and bougie is overplayed I kind of agree um but it's also you know (laughs) it's (laughs) It's bad and bougie. You can't not like it. Um, So in terms of the pop culture aspect that we've been talking about, I want to go into the the movements that they've started and how impactful it is in rap and just in the hip-hop game. So while it's not confirmed, it's said that Migos invented the dab, which is a legacy right there. 
It's not it's true? not confirmed that they invented the dance itself, but they did come out with the song Look at My Dab in 2015. I don't know if you remember it, but it's the song that everyone was yeah, dabbing I, to. And that so that definitely was around the time that that came out. Yeah, so that right there is a legacy in itself. They're basically immortal at that point because the dab <laughs> is immortal. Um the song gained worldwide attention. Cam Newton started dabbing. Uh, so, so you know, that's really important. Also, after Pipe It Up, which is almost as influential as Look At My Dab, um, it actually inspired Migos to create their own brand of potato chips <laughs> called, <laughs> called Rap Snacks. And so there's a flavor called sour cream with a dab of ranch i don't know if you remember but us southern people remember you are from st louis so i don't know if you you count in there do you remember the dab of ranch like in the song pipe it up like uh i forget what the line is but it's just a line that says dab of ranch and it became so popular um i've definitely heard of that that term before yeah, so they just they've been able to create these these references that have stuck with fans for years and years. Like the Hannah Montana, um, that pop culture reference was actually a drug reference, but a lot of people didn't pick up on that. So it's kind of this sly way of you know um, putting in like their history and their lifestyle into a very <laughs> pop song so um this song t-shirt is a little different because the subject matter of their songs is usually about you know typical rap subjects expensive lifestyles uh working hard but in this song they talk about how their moms uh try to keep them in line growing up and uh, it has a very hypnotic melody and a really memorable hook um Peaked at number 19 on the Hot 100. So, I'm going to go ahead and play T-shirt. Mama told me not to sell work. Mama, 17, 5, same color T-shirt. White. Mama told me not to sell work. Mama, 17, 5, same color T-shirt. Yeah. Young nigga poppin' with a pocket full of cottage. Whoa, chemo, stop it. Chopper, aim it, inch it, knock it. Had to cut the attic, then the top I had to chop it. Niggas pocket watchin', so I gotta keep the rocket. Yeah, that song... It's just ad libs, the da 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 da, and then ad lib, and then da 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 ad lib. You're not appreciating their flow as much as other fans do. So you're just looking at how repetitive the lyrics are. Well, I agree, they do, they can get repetitive, but I'll go into it later. The triplet flow, but it's it's a movement that not all people appreciate. But the people that do appreciate it love it. So that's all I, I have to appreciate say. appreciate it. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <Okay>. Well, <laughs> my, my next song is Swang. So this came off of 
Shrem Life 2. This is an amazing song. And I remember playing the, mu the music video in high school, like in classes where I would have a computer, I would have the music video like in another tab. And whenever the teacher came around, I would <laughs> switch tabs. <laughs> I used to do that with so, Google Chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I, I love this song. And this song, again, like Sway Lee just like kills it with the hook. And he really goes really high. And the amazing thing about seeing him in concert is that he really is a great singer. And, you know... Thing. He doesn't really rely on auto-tune auto as much, or he doesn't need to rely on auto-tune. Um, and he uses it more as a stylistic thing, which I think is cool. And then Slim Jimmy's verse is also really good in the second half of the song. Same with No Flex Zone and a bunch of other songs. Is that he just... The, the songs wouldn't be as good without him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so this is Swing. thing i wanted to add with that is that the the production uses like a, a thing kind of like a shepherd tone which is basically like a tone that is rising forever kind of so it's basically mm -hmm. you know it rises and then it cross fades you know a, a lower pitch into it so it seems like it just keeps rising forever and ever and it's kind of like that um and so i just think that's like such a cool like way to amp up the momentum of the song. And then obviously like Swaley's hook on that is like immortalized in time. Definitely forces a lot of rap fans to start singing. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is like in probably more traditional rap terms that would be like, you know, not cool. And that's like kiddish kind of. You know, like to mm -hmm. be able to sing like that, but it it became such like a cool phenomenon. I think recently in rap, where rappers will use all sorts of different vocal ranges. Even a song that I was listening to by Chief Keef, Finito, which came back came out in 2014 from Back from the Dead Two. That song, he's just like you. You'd have to listen to it because I'm not gonna try and recreate it. But he, he's really, like, using a ton of, you know, sounds with his voice that you I feel like you don't really hear in older rap. Um, yeah, that's one reason I would love... I mean, Wiz Khalifa isn't, you know, always singing, but he does 
incorporate a lot of music into his songs. Um, so I do really appreciate about that, that about Ray Schremert is they, you know, they incorporate like a really good melody into their, their songs. Also Migos does too, which I'm going to get into. So the last song I'm going to play by Migos is called Stir Fry. And this song is my absolute favorite song by Migos. It's, it's goes so hard. Like it's just, it's that good. Um, so, so Migos, when they broke through with Versace in 2013, which Drake Suter later, oh my God, I can't speak. I'll just say that line again. So Migos broke through with Versace in 2013, which soon after Drake remixed. Um, but later, they um, after that kind of repetitiveness, they started adding in these like really ecstatic, hilarious ad libs. It's what they're known for, basically that and the triplet flow. Um, and those ad libs are patented, by the way. Like people take them so seriously, and they think that you know that's what makes Migos what who they are. So in Stir Fry, it's got a really catchy hook. Um, it definitely proves that Migos can come out with something very eccentric and succeed at at it. Um, but the origin of the song is really interesting, so I'll go into it. Um, the key ingredient is the melody and the melody dates back to 1968 where a British dude named Alan Hawkshaw, who recorded a spin on the song Tramp, uh, by Lowell Fulson, he, his version was called The Champ. And so that was released under the name The Mohawks, um, for anyone who wants to take a listen to that. So this song has been repurposed actually a lot by um, rappers, producers. It's been on a hun hundreds of rap songs, but that organ melody that you hear in Stir Fry, um, the, it, was, it was repurposed by Pharrell, who produced this song. And he actually came up with the beat in 2008. So 10 years later, they came up with this song and it's really good. So I'll go ahead and play it. Money changing colors like tada, tada. I'm just trying to get it, I ain't trying to die. No. She got a big on your booty, make the world cry. cry. In the kitchen, wrist twisted like a stir fry. Whip it. Hold them bands down. Hey. Hold your mans down. Hey. Who told you come around? Who? That's that trap sound. Trap. Designer, clothes, Go. fashion, shows, Go. trap, house, house. That song, I have conflicted feelings about it, and I always have. And it's a really good song, I think. And you can definitely tell it was produced by Pharrell, but I think that's part of my problem with it because I usually love Pharrell and the songs that he produces. Um, but you can tell, especially with like the the whistles and like the voice samples in the um, in the beat in the background. It's just a little bit too um, too claustrophobic for me, and I don't know. 
I, but I love the synths when those come in and I love Quavo's hook on that. And that's when I listened to that song, I was like, oh my God, this is what I want more from Migos is like this kind of melodic sound. Um, okay. But it, and so usually I don't listen to this song a lot because I hear the first three seconds and I'm turned off by it, but the rest of the song is really good. Um, so it's so, yeah, I, I feel, feel like, you know, it comes down to taste and I really like this song probably for the reason that you like it. It doesn't have a lot more melodies in it and the me- melodies are produced really smartly. Um, I don't know who mm. sings it, but there's this one part um, where it goes down. Like, it's like, I'm not going to sing it. Never mind. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think they they incorporate a lot of little small details. It could be mm-hmm. thought of as th- claustrophobic, but I actually think it makes it more hype. Yeah. So my next song is 42, um, which is from Shrem Life 3. Uh, and of course it's spelled SR3MM, which is such a cool title to me. Um, this album, unfortunately, is not their best, in my opinion. Um, it is technically a triple album, so it has uh, Sway Lee's single album, uh, Slim Jimmy's single album, and then this Shrem Life 3 album. But really, on Sway Lee's album and the Shrem 3 album... I don't like many of the songs and I, I went, I listened to it again uh, for the show and there's a couple songs that I like on there uh, that I didn't like the first time, like uh, bedtime stories with the weekend. I actually like a lot. And then 42 power glide and rock and roll rock and roll hall of fame. Oh, are power good songs. glide. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Power glide is a huge song and I, I hated power glide at first. Me and Brandon both did not like, uh, power glide but after a while um, it kind of grew it on us and actually I remember when we heard the song before fest which is our school's yearly concert at the end of the year mm-hmm. they were playing power glide just on the radios beforehand and it was just like a moment that clicked for me and Brandon and we're like this song's lit this song's lit now like I really like this song now the only problem is that it's really long it's like five and a half minutes long um and then the only song on on uh, Sway Lee's part, his middle half or middle third of the album is Red Wine. Um, and then Guatemala is decent. It's kind of like a reggaeton kind of song, but it's a little bit derivative. And, you know, the hooks on his songs for some reason are just not there like mm-hmm. they usually are. But every song on Slim Jimmy's third of the album is really good. And I was like surprised when I heard it. And there's like some really cool instrumentation and dynamics. Um, overall, Shrim Life 3 goes into like the darker trap sound and kind of gets away from the lighter pop melodies that they used before. Uh, and I'm hoping that Shrim Life 4 comes out this year. I really want the fourth album soon. I'm like, I'm dying for it. I need more of their music. Um, because I can't, I can't live off of Sway Lee hooks forever uh, <laughs> on other people's songs. And so I'm going to play 42, which I think does still kind of have that. Um, I really like this song because it's so catchy. And the the beat 
is so interesting with like this dark synth kind of futuristic, like uh, almost video gamey sounding kind of song. So this is 42. interesting to me about that song is that the the beat is so just almost like ominous and then yeah. their voice like uh in contrast to that is just very high pitched you know we've talked about boy like kind of childlike on top of this very ominous beat and it just definitely contradicts each other and it's interesting. Not going to say that I like it or I would enjoy listening to it all the time. Really? I, yeah, okay. I, that's probably my least favorite song of the ones you played, but it, I don't know. It offers a really interesting take on like that beat having that contradiction. Mm. Yeah. So from the time that this show will be airing, there will be a poll up on our social medias. Uh, at Face Off Chicago for 24 hours. Hot take, Migos is the better rap group. Ray Sherman is the better pop group. And that's that on that. Yeah, they, they serve different functions. Definitely. But you can, but this is, this is a fan-oriented show. So we have no say. We have provided our arguments. Now you, the listener, Boom. please. Go vote, please. Determine we... the winner. And we'll announce the winners next week. Yeah. So please vote. We're so excited to be starting the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, we can't wait. If you have any ideas of artists that you want us to cover, let us know. Message us on all of our social media. And we'll be back next week with a great show, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd hope so. <laughs> all right. Signing off. Bye.